Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Praise God. I forewarn you, I'm, I'm, I'm doubtful that I'm getting through this message this morning. We're probably going to do a part one, part two this morning and tonight. Okay? And if you don't like that, I'm sorry. That's all we got. Acts 12. I do a lot of different teaching and speaking and leading in other areas. One of the things that I do is teach the book of Acts to college freshmen. And every now and then, how many know that sometimes in your daily devotion or in your study, your preparation, you you read a devotion or you read across the scripture and it just gets lodged? A lot of my preaching is the overflow of personal devotion. And I've got to tell you that somewhere between my personal devotion and my duties as a professor have got us lodged in Acts 12 this morning. And I believe that the Holy Ghost wants to help somebody. Acts 12, we'll just read verses 13, 14, 15, and 16. And then I'll let you sit down because I don't know if we'll even get back to verse 13 this morning. I don't know if we'll get all the way there. All right? But I need you to at least hear it now. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate. Yeah, he's knocking. A damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. Everybody say Rhoda. And when... She knew or recognized Peter's voice. She opened not the gate for gladness. It doesn't even seem to read correctly. She opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. Being interpreted crazy. It's in the Greekish. (laughs) But she constantly affirmed. She constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, it is his angel. Really? But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were 
astonished. I'm going to preach. We'll start this morning. I want to preach to Calvary Tabernacle. Rhoda's not crazy. Okay? Rhoda's not crazy. Rhoda's not just try to find somebody. Now listen, you got to, some of you, you, your masks and stuff, you got to find somebody and I need you to give them like one of these eyebrow deals like so they can really tell. Look at somebody and tell them, Rhoda's not crazy. Come on, how many know that in our English language it matters how you say something? We all had that teacher that was monotone. Rhoda's not crazy. But then we all have those friends that everything's dramatic. Rhoda's not crazy. I want you to be that. <laughs> I want you to be that friend. Some of you don't have much drama. But be that person. Find somebody else tell them, Rhoda's not crazy. I wish you could hear you from here. <laughs> God of heaven, we love you. We honor you in this house. I pray that you would help, that you would do a work that only you can in this place. Help me just to relay scripture. That is my real goal, oh God, to try to relay scripture and what you teach us through the text. I'm asking for your help in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and let everybody shout amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. tell you that Acts chapter 12, Brother Vitae, it, it lifts the curtain on a rough time of being a Christian. Do you recognize that we can very casually read about very tortured times? I want to say that again because I want it to be caught. We can very casually read about very tortured times. I have a tendency to read my Bible. I don't want to mess anybody up here. In my sweatpants with a cup of coffee. Come on. Can I get a witness in the building? Brother Meyer in... In my estimation, that's a good way to read the text. Just sit. Mm. How many early morning coffee drinkers do we have? Come on. Now, if you think that's a sin, keep your hand down. I... <laughs> and I have, I have a tendency to very comfortably and somewhat way too casually read text without truly appreciating the context. In Acts chapter 12, we're in a weird place where Herod the Great's grandson, Herod, is leading. And he's on a killing rampage. He's on a killing rampage of Christians. Jerusalem hasn't seen this kind of kingship, this oppression over them, 30 years. 
last three years of the life of Herod would be absolute torture. Herod makes the ultimate gesture of what we would romanticize through the name martyrdom. But whatever you call it, killing is killing. And he kills, please watch this, he kills James, the brother of John. Head off. To the Jews, they, des they described and believed this as the most humiliating way to die. It's right up there at the top. And, and, and watch this. James dies. And all the people go, Woo! Herod, Herod, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. Sorry, I've been to the basketball tournament last couple. <laughs> We've been cheering the last two days. Take that ball away. I sat by the girls. My wife was leading them in... This is where my mind goes, okay? I'm in between that and I'm in between the text. And I'm listening. Take that head away. Take that head. Some of you that think that's sacrilegious or you think that I'm being a little too casual, you better read the text. The Bible said he was encouraged by the cheers of the people. He beheads a man and the crowd goes wild. Go, Herod! And because he was feeding his own ego, you've got to always be concerned about a leader that leads based on feeding their ego. Because they won't tell you what you need to hear. They'll tell you what they think you want to hear. Mm-mm-mm. And so they start, they start cheering naturally. What does Herod decide to do? If they like that. What about old Pentecost Pete? I heard he's in the area. Hey, 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 go find Peter. Who? You know Simon Peter. Mouthy guy. Preacher, preacher, you know, who? Ear chopper. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they go and get Peter. Now, I would pause here and I would tell you that there is a part of me that thinks if he's in the will of God, they won't find him. Because do we or do we not think at times, if I'm really serving for God, trouble will not find me. But it is false to not understand that it was oft persecution or pestilence that became the propitiation of the gospel itself. And so he is grabbed and he is drugged into prison. And the church knows about it. 
Peter being taken out of the world would have been overwhelming to the church because he was the foremost preacher in the moment. He's the guy who is stepping up to every lectern. And all of a sudden, Peter, their unrestrained champion, is in prison. Being a believer will not keep you from prison. Uh huh. Look there in your Bible, and you'll see that he is not guarded by one soldier. Yeah, quaternion is actually what he's guarded by. And if you look that up, it's 16. Four bands of four. Rotating on the Roman, rotating on the Roman uh, uh, prison system of a, of a contition, continuous rotation. There would always be two at him side and two at the gate. And then when one shift would change, they'd come in and tag each other in and there'd be two by his side and two by the gate. Always there, always watching him. Why didn't he just kill him? Why the prison? Take a look at Herod. Why not just kill him? The, the Jews have this little custom, this pesky, this pesky little thing. They don't like anyone killed during a holiday. Ridiculous, right? It's considered our, it, 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 it's our week. It's our, it's our week, so we're, we're not going to, we'll just put him in prison. He'll be like, coming soon. <laughs> coming to a sword near you. And he's locked up in prison. He's held there. Wait a minute, Herod, I thought, you're, I thought you're making declaration. Again, it was never about Herod. It was about the emotional response of the people. Can I tell you, he did not gather Peter because of his own desire. He gathered Peter, please hear this, not based on his own convictions, but based on the lust of his flesh. Ooh. So what do the believers do? It's like spattering around the house. Like, pray, pray, pray. Did they pray? They went to earnest and urgent Prayer. You ever been with somebody when they get the news and they don't wait? They just bust into prayer. Some of you are that somebody. You get a call. You don't wait on the altar. You don't wait on the house. You're going to maybe continue, but right there, ah, in the net. We all need those people in our life. If you don't have any of those instant people in your life, you need to get you an insta person. You got an insta pot, you need to get an insta prayer person. That's what. 
They go to prayer and their prayer draws them together. They get together in Mary's house and they begin to pray. Watch this. They get in one place in one accord. (laughs) They had prayed down a promise before. Now they just needed a new promise. You need to understand the similarity here. In Acts chapter 2, when they had gathered for the day of Pentecost and they are praying, they are praying for a promise. They are praying for comfort for this, for the forward motion of the gospel. So here they are. They're gathered again. The the, the day of Pentecost had already fully come. The Holy Ghost had been poured out and it was spreading like wildfire, which is why the persecution was coming. Trail through the book of Acts. They'd walk into a city and every city they walked into, they would start building a church. They would have good revival until persecution came. Just how it worked. They'd have real good revival. Persecution would rise up and be starting to dethrone some of the in-town leadership. And persecution would get intense enough that they'd be scooted out of town and they'd leave a church in their wake. But now, Peter's in prison. And what they had gathered in Acts 2 and how they had gathered in Acts 2, they found... It set in motion an understanding for the power of unified prayer. Acts 1, Acts 2 has set in motion the power of unified prayer. So you've got to see them clamored in Mary's house, packed into that place, and they're praying. Everybody praying for the same thing. Rarely do we get in a service where everybody's in the same house praying for the same thing. Because we all bring our own needs, don't we? We bring our own situations. We bring our own dilemmas. We bring our own issues. We bring our family problems. We bring our financial needs. We bring our health. We we, we bring it all. And we come in the house. And so while we might be in one place, we're rarely in one accord. But the early model of Acts 1 and 2 was if you want to move heaven, get in one mind and in one accord. And I will tell you that most likely the the, the closest that ever happens is when a pastor or a preacher stands in the pulpit and says that for the next little while, this is all we're going to pray about. We're not going to pray about my needs. We're not going to pray about our issues. We're not going to pray about, not about our relationship, not about our spouse. We're not, we're not going to, here's what we're going to pray about. Happened a couple weeks ago where we did nothing but pray for the city for what? Just we're going to pray. Last Sunday night, we began to pray for the, the, the city. We began to pray for the government. We began, and we went through strategic prayers where we were praying one after another after another. But we were trying to pray not just in one place, but in one accord. And they were in one place and in one accord. And I know that sounds like Acts 2, but it's actually Acts 12. And what are they praying? God, you're able. We believe that you and do it. Now, if you think that it was a simple prayer meeting, I will tell you, I believe it was a powerful prayer meeting. They are fresh on the heels of having been filled with the Spirit of God. I don't ever want to have the Spirit of God so long that I take it for granted. 
I don't ever want to have the Holy Ghost long enough. How many of you can remember though when you first got the Holy Ghost, it changed everything about you. It changed the way you walked and the way you talked and the way you acted and it changed the way you prayed. Once you get the Holy Ghost, it changed the way you prayed. For the Spirit itself can begin to make intercession. And they begin to pray. I think they had some of the... One thing I love, I, 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 did a, I did a prayer meeting on Friday night, a, a prayer meeting for Florida, and there was hundreds of prayer warriors on there. And I, I got on and I began to speak to them. And, 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 and then when the pastor, Brother Collins, he said, okay, thank you. Thank you, uh, Pastor Carson. He said, prayer warriors, I release you in the name of the Lord. And when he did, he flipped the mic on. And just like in one of our prayer meetings, you could hear it running through that account. I'm talking men and women by the droves. They were praying and intense. And, and I, I, I must admit to you that for a moment, I stopped and I tried to pick out different, different tones and different, all the different variances because there was one man that was very deep just saying, Oh, mighty God, mighty God, you're able to do it. And there was a high-pitched lady that she was just praying in tongues. I don't know what it was but it sounded powerful and mixed all between interwoven through all those different things where what he told me was hundreds of individuals who were in a prayer I don't know if you can imagine the sound waves in your mind what it would look like on an image but here they were coming the highs and the lows and everything in between and they weren't all saying the same words but they were praying in the same way and here's what I think it was from the spirit I think it was attacking that from every angle I think it was coming at it from every direction that's what happened when the church not only gets in one place but gets in one accord and we say you don't have to pray like me and you don't need to look like me and you don't need to talk like me but let's get in one place and in one accord and let's attack this from every direction possible. Let me use a for instance. If that was the case, I'm going to pick on you since you're sitting up here, okay? If the brass was one instrument then only one of you would need to come up here. If it was only, if we would say play the brass and all that that meant was the trombone, then all we would need was the trombone. But what about the people that play the trumpet and what about the people that play the sax? Right? What if we said, what if we said play in C? What if we said play in C? And th this ain't on, I'd do it here. If, if this was on, if play in C and what, you just come up and just, just hit the middle C. Just, just touch D, just touch D. Jump on over, you but if you put it all in harmony together, it brings a richness. Do you, are you following what I'm saying right now? That's why nobody that shows up to the church should ever feel like they're on their own. And nobody that's caught up in a prison outside of the house should feel like people are not praying on. Peter knew if I get locked up, people will be praying for me. I want the people that are outside of Calvary that don't know yet, I want them to know we are a church of prayer. We are a people of prayer. We're not only in one place, but we're in one accord. And we are praying for the gospel to move forward. Praise God. We have all been there where we needed someone to pray us out. Pray me out. Sometimes it's not a deep prison. Sometimes it's just that you're caught in a bad mood and can't get out. Most prisons 
that we end up in, we put ourselves in. We need people that love us enough not to judge us, but to pray for us. Okay, so they gather. They're in one accord, one purpose. They begin to pray. If you listen, if you listen close enough, you can hear them. They're praying. They're praying. Just like, just like people prayed for y'all all up on the platform. Just like me, don't deserve to be on the platform. Right? But somebody prayed for us when we were in a prison. Prison of our mind. Somebody prayed. So here we are. Now you need to understand that freedom will not excuse you from the judgment of some. No matter how good you play your horns, somebody don't like you. <laughs> it's just the truth. I don't care if I weep. I could weep over somebody all week long and somebody, for some reason they don't like me. I'm going to tell you right now, I got a lot of people that don't like me. It's, it's true. Some of y'all are nervous to say amen. <laughs> you cannot allow your day today to be dictated by whether or not people are loving everything you do. You can't. You can't. Well, I don't think this and I don't think that. Listen. Even when Peter gets out of the prison... It doesn't matter how miraculous it is. There's going to be people that think he don't deserve it. If that was not the case, he wouldn't have got locked up in the first place. But there was a whole group of people that thought he was wrong, ungodly, foolish, a deterrent. Watch this. Here we are. We're in the prayer meeting. Everybody say prayer meeting. We're in the prayer meeting. This is the right one. Herod, Herod is soon to bring Peter out. He's going to bring him out a little bit early. He's going to prep him for the execution. <laughs> he's, going to get the, he's going to get the turkey full. He's going to get him ready. Verse 6. He said, I, he said I'm, 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 I, we're, we're getting this understanding. I'm going to bring him out. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to prepare him. You know what? You know what Herod was doing? He was licking his lips of his flesh. I'm about, I'm about to get this ego rush from the people. I got Peter. He's sitting down there in the prison. The Bible says he is getting ready, which tells me God let Peter get down to the last minute. I must confess before you today, I do not understand that. I don't know why God lets some of us get so deep in. I'm going to preach that for a minute because some of you are still there. You feel like you're deeper. You just don't. Why? That is your number one question from week to week to week. Why? What? Peter, I don't no. I don't know. 
And lest I think that Peter was overwhelmed, I'm going to tell you who I think was way more overwhelmed than Peter, and the text reveals it. It was the church, the people, the prayer warriors. They were absolutely overwhelmed. And if we're not careful, we as the body will focus on the negative reality that they are not delivered yet. And it will handcuff how we feel. It will handcuff how we believe. It will handcuff how we live. We will try to be having a meal. You'll be trying to eat a meal. And in the middle of the meal, you'll remember them and it'll take your... Man, I touched something right there. Some of you in this place, you can't make it through the day. You'll be trying to get through the day and you'll remember them. It's one of the enemy's greatest tricks is to try to get you to believe God doesn't even... You, you remember what happened to James, don't you? Peter's next. No, God, it can't be so. I know it happens, but... It, Everybody in this room at some point has prayed. I know it happens, but it's not going to happen to them. It, it can't happen to them. It can't be true. It's not, it's not going to happen. It doesn't make sense. And the enemy is in your ear saying, remember James. Remember James. You say, no, 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 no. It can't happen. It can't happen. It's not going to happen. I can't understand it. Why isn't it happening? And on the, on the edge of so many lips in this room are those very words. Why not yet, God? And yet somehow, Peter, there, praying, Peter. Time out. You ever feel like you pray harder for them than they're praying for themselves? You ever been really intensely praying for somebody and then you see them? You're like, they don't even care. They don't care at all. They're not even trying. They're praying. Peter is sleeping. And lest we find ourselves righteously indignant, maybe we should consider the resolve that had occurred. Even though he's down to his last hours, Peter was confident in the plan of God. I said Peter was confident in the plan of God. I'm going to stop right here and I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost has spoke to me to tell some people in this room. Worry has been stealing sleep from you. Sickness has been stealing rest from you. There are multitudes in this room right now that have not had good rest in a long time. And I curse that off of your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Worry and fear and anxiety and... 
Somebody's going to have to help me right now. I feel a little boldness coming on me. It's been creeping up on you in the late night hours of your house and trying to keep you awake. I speak rest into your mind. I speak rest into your spirit. Somebody lift your hands with me and begin to proclaim rest, strength. If I'm preaching to you right now and you've been one of those people, you need to lift your hands and you need to allow rest to come on your mind and rest to come into your spirit. wherewith he shall cause the weary to rest. You've got to get back to the place that you understand. I don't understand the dilemma of the prison. I don't understand why I can feel the dark and the moist walls of the prison. I don't understand why these chains are on my arm. But I trust he's got a plan for me. I don't know why there hasn't been deliverance. But I trust there is a I trust that there's a plan. I want to do something right now. Anybody in here that's ever battled anxiety, fear, or weariness, and you were weary in your mind, you were exhausted in your body, but when you tried to go to sleep, you could not get rest, and God delivered you from that and has given you rest back in your mind or your spirit, I want you to stand right now. If God has He's done that work, if that's not you, I want you to sit down, but if that's you, I want you to stand. I want everybody battling to look around this place right now. Hell hates what I'm doing, but I'm serving this prison notice. God wants you to find rest. God wants you to find rest in him. This prison is not for your death. This situation is not meant to destroy. It's not going to destroy you. My, my, my. I'm telling you, I feel liberty happening in this room right now. Some of you are going to go home and take a Sunday afternoon nap. You haven't been able to get a nap in years. My God, I speak the peace. How many remember what we were just teaching on, on the fruit of the Spirit? It's not the will of God that you be a powerful Christian with no peace. We're caught here. I'm sorry. We're caught here for a moment. I want you to throw your hands towards heaven. And I want you to pray the peace of God and the rest of God. Woo. Come on, pray rest across this building. It might not be for you, but you need to put yourself in Mary's house and pray. Would you follow me with this for a second? Could it be that the reason Peter was able to rest was because there was a journey coming up and the church was praying and while they were praying for Peter, the Lord knew I need to give him a little rest so that he can handle the process. Could it be the reason he was finding rest is because the church was praying? 
I'm going to tell you there's people all over this building. God wants to give you rest so that you can actually do what he is calling you to do. Because there's a journey that's ahead of you. And there's a process that is ahead of you. We need to pray the peace of God. Peace in your mind, peace in your spirit, and peace in your body. Because some of you are saying, I got peace of mind. It's not a worry thing. It's just that I feel draggy. I feel exhausted. For some of you, it's a spiritual attack and you don't even know it. Hear me. It's a spiritual attack and you don't even know it. You know, we used to be real honest about devils. Did we just, who did I just, we just talk about this. We used to be real honest. It's like we've gotten scared of calling devils devils. Come on. There is an adversary like a roaring lion that seeketh whom he may devour. But there is a lion, a lion of the tribe of Judah. And he is on the war. He's on your side. He's on your family's side. He wants you to succeed. He wants me to succeed. He wants the church. But let me... But let me remind you something. Here we are, spring break upon us. You're not going to find rest by leaving. Sorry. Get away. You deserve it. Unplug. Your body might. But some of you still won't find rest if you won't turn your cell phone off. If you take your stuff with you, can I tell you something? Email in Florida is just like email in Indiana. Not really. My feet were in the sand. Okay, a little bit better. And I'm telling you, I'm preaching to myself. My wife and I, we went on a cruise two years ago. Her words to me, no email. Oh. I had to convince you, didn't I? I had to convince you that I, I needed internet for two days out of seven. Two days. Just two. It was like the cutting away of Gideon's men. I started at five. And then there were four. By the time it was over, I got like one and a half-ish. So I understand. For me, it was the need. I said, I don't want to come back to 5,000 emails. I said, because then it's not vacation for me. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But geography alone. Uh, I'm going to be the first one. You're going on a vacation. I'm going to be the first one to slap you on the back and say, have a great time. Be safe. Go in God. Have fun. But geography alone. My pastor changed my life. Ken Bogren, Pastor Bogren, he changed my life. He told me he was on his way to Florida for vacation. He said we were halfway there. We had stopped overnight at a hotel. He said, I, I got up. Uh, the Lord prompted me. He said, I got up. He said, there was nowhere to pray in the hotel room. He said, so I went into the bathroom. He said, and I... I don't know, I think he told me just kind of sat down there either on the seat or on the, edge of the, on the edge of the tub. I don't know. He said, I sat down. And as soon as I sat down, the Lord said, are you going on vacation from me? 
He said, I begin to weep there in the bathroom. He said, I begin to weep in that little private place of prayer. He said, as the Lord had confronted something that was possibly inside of my spirit to make me recognize if I'm really going to get rest. While I can go and I can enjoy. Remember we talked about the joy and the peace and the, the things that come from environment. But no matter what my environment, I've got to come back to. I've got to detach from work. I've got to detach from these business affairs. I've got, I got to detach from these cares of life. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I've got to take Jesus with me. I've got to take Jesus with me on spring break. Lest I get there and I dress like I ain't got no sense. I'd get below this, but it's glass and you'd still see me. I... You're not somebody new just because you're at the beach. Come on, we're taking Jesus with us. What Peter and the church are teaching us in Acts 12 is we're the church in good times and we're the church in rough times. Amen. Let's, let's, go, let's go on. Go to verse 7. Verse 7, if you're there in Acts 12. Verse, verse 7. Peter is sleeping so soundly that the angel has to hit him. <laughs> That's good sleep. Come on. Wouldn't you like to be sleeping so good that it takes the angel of God to get you up? Some of you are like, I don't want to fall that sleep. I don't, I don't. I'm not <laughs> He's like, hey, hey, Pete. Pete. Peter. <laughs> you know, some of you moms that wake your kids up in the morning, get up. And the whole body shake. How many of you are a real sound sleeper? You're just real, you, you, a train could go through the living room, right? It'd be like. The angel has to hit him, Brother Barkin. Slap by an angel. <laughs> and Peter's, <laughs> Some of you have woke up when someone was way too close to you. What's the, what's the angel? The angel says, watch this. You have the spirit, the angel, angelic form, who lives in, the, lives in the heavenlies, works on God's behalf, okay? But deals with the process of time that was null and void to him as an angelic being. It was null and void to him as an angelic being. You need to understand that. That in the economy of God, time means nothing. Time is instituted for us. Okay, that's why when, we're, when, when we get antsy thinking, I don't know why God's not here yet, time means no, nothing. Day is a thousand years, thousand years is a day. God's never late. Okay? Even when Lazarus has been dead in the tomb for a day, God, Jesus was on time. Okay? But the angel, watch this. He says, verse 7, are you there? Just here, we, if you're not looking at the screen, you can right here. What's he tell him? Arise up, Peter, get up, get up now, 
talk to every parent in the room right now since they're in class. Five more minutes. Get up now. Now. Come on. How many know? There's a difference between get up now. There's not a mom in this room, not a daddy in this place. Get up now. When you get to now, now comes out different. Now has a vain emphasis. Get up now. Your mouth don't even form right. Now. Come on, who's guilty? You're laughing because you've done it. You've done it this week. We've done it this week in the house. Are you up? Uh-huh. You're not. Get up now. And you know, how many of you have ever done the hard stomp towards the room? Bruising your own feet over it. Angel looked at Peter, said, get up now. Get up quickly. Because when God is ready to move, there's a reason they prayed and prayed and prayed and then it became a suddenly situation. We've got to pray, 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 but then when God decides to intervene, we've got to respond Im immediately. There has to be an re immediate response. Now watch this. The angel says, get up quickly. So what does Peter do? He gets up. There is a spiritual dynamic but there is a physical dynamic. The angel wasn't going to pick him up. But there were things that would follow if Peter would. And so Peter begins to get up. I love this. While he begins to get up, the Bible says chains. Ooh. Peter, get up. Get up quickly. Okay. Okay. As he's getting up, sometimes you have to start the action before you see the deliverance. <laughs> uh, sometimes you gotta just, you just gotta act like you've already been healed. You just gotta act like you've already been delivered. You just gotta worship like it already happened. With chains on his arm, Peter said, okay, must be time. And he starts to get up. And as he gets up, the chains begin to fall. And here's what we've been watching at Calvary. God has been sending people in here, chains still around their arms, but they're falling about the time they get into the building because it was the action of faith and physical response. Amen? So verse 8. I love the honesty here. Get, 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 get your sandals. <laughs> Put your shoes on. So much of this is parent to kid to me. Put your shoes on. With four children, I cannot tell you the number of times we have been in a moving vehicle when I have said these words. Where are your shoes? Before God. We have gotten two destinations and opened the doors. Where, where, how do you have one shoe? 
Only one I could find. <laughs> you need them both. Unless you're playing hopscotch all day, you need both of them. <laughs> Peter, get your sandals on. Because chains fall off. He's like, let's go. And the angel, listen, I'm just going to tell you what the text says. The angel's like, get dressed and put your shoes on. Put, get your garment. Because I didn't bring you here to leave you in prison. Mm. 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 Can I tell you something? I, I feel like I have to say this. Some of you are worried about people because the way you see and they look right now and the way that you see their condition right now. You've seen some posts on Instagram or Facebook or you're, you're seeing where they're at. When the angel shows up, all it takes is one divine moment. I'm telling you, all it takes is one divine moment. One divine moment of instruction to say, hey, 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 hey. Where we're taking you, you're going to have to be dressed. If, where we're taking you, you're going to have to be prepared for this. So get your shoes on. Get your clothes. Get dressed. You can't wear your pajamas out of here, Pete. We ain't going to Walmart. You can't. You can. <laughs> Uh, I didn't mean to. <laughs> you know what I want, Brother Watkins? I want people that show up that we didn't even know we were praying in here, but we were praying, and they come walking in, and their shoes are on, and their outfits on, and we don't know that they were just, they were in a different state, but we prayed them out of here, and they're able to come in and testify. I don't know. All I know is God woke me up last night and told me if I would get to this church. God woke me up and told me that if I would get to the house, God told me if I would get up. Woo! Peter, now I'm preaching to somebody in the house. He didn't wake you up and drop the chains off of you for you to stay here. Find three people, tell them, don't stay. Don't stay in a prison. Don't stay. Don't stay in a prison. Gets him up. Gets him dressed. I love it. I love it because it's the, it's the duel. It's, it, it's both happening. It's the word of God. The word, it is. It's the angel of the Lord sent by God. He is sent by God. Here comes the spiritual. But Peter had to get up. Peter had to put his sandals on. You got to put your own shoes on. If you're going to go anywhere, put your shoes on. Put your sandals on. Put his clothes on. All the while, verse 9. He doesn't even know if it's a dream or real. Who can remember the last time your life was so good you found your, is this a dream? Some of you are like, been, been a while. Been a while. Pastor, it's been a while. Some of you, we got some newlyweds here. We got some fresh. 
We got some of you that have just experienced real miraculous reports. Brother Senior, I got a feeling that's about how you felt the other day when that doctor looked at you. Not a young man. Isn't that, isn't that right? Shaking his head. The other day when the doctor said, there's no cancer. I couldn't give you a better report. I, there had to be a little part of you that was like, I've dreamed about this. Is this real? Or is, is this a dream? Watch this. Old Pete, he didn't know whether it was real or not. But he's like, let's go. Sometimes we eliminate what seems too good to be true. I'm telling you, God has the ability to do it in such a way that it can feel like you're living in a dream. That's how deliverance is. If it was not, if it didn't feel this way, it wouldn't be miraculous. God is not, God is not typically up to handing out the kind of miracles where people are like, well, anybody could have done that. <laughs> he has the tendency to do things where even we have to stand back and say, it couldn't have been anything but God. Couldn't have been anybody but God. There's guards asleep next to him. There's chains laying on the floor. They begin to walk. Watch, follow the text. Go to verse 10. Go to, you gotta preach. I wanna preach every single thing. They passed the first and the second ward. They go past two sets of, two sets of guards. Remember that whole group? Two and him, two and Get up. Angel, angel's leading. Peter's just walking with him. You, you don't see? You guys can't? Okay. Get to the second set of guards. Imagine it. Get to the second set of guards. And there they are standing. Fee, fi, fo, fa. And Peter walks right up to him. Nothing. Walks right past. That's like deep in the text. That's deep in there. That's, that's deep. That's not in the Greek or the Hebrew. That's in the Grebu. And you got to get in there. Walks. Walks past both. Both sets of guard. Watch this. Gets him outside. And the angel. Excuse me. Excuse me. Angel guy. Hmm. The divine direction of God brought him to where he could not bring him by himself. But then trusted that he would do what he could and should. Ooh, somebody needs to hear that right now. It's not the angel of the Lord's job to take you the whole way. It's, it's the miraculous provision of God to get you out of the situations you cannot get yourself out of. But then when he got to that place, he began to 
get in his own right mind. Go to verse 11. Watch this here. Verse 11. And when Peter was come to himself, it's not, it's not a dream. It's not a dream. Here's my question. What do we do with it once we figure out it's real? What are we going to do with it once we figure out it really is the blessing of God? What do we do with it once we really find it? Wait a minute. I am in the favor of God. He has given. I'm going to talk to somebody in a room right now and ask you, what are you going to do with the fact he gave you a second chance? What are we doing with the fact he got us? Peter said, I'm not going to walk back in the prison. I'm not going to go back in and apologize. Can I tell you, Herod had already began. He had already made up his mind. Peter's head's going to roll. We're going to do to him what we had done to James. Wouldn't it be ridiculous for Peter to go back apologetically? Hey, 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 it wasn't me. It wasn't me, it was an angel. Herod don't care. You're dead, Fred. You go back in there and it's over. But Peter came to himself and he said, God must have bigger plans for me. He must have... He must have more that he wants to do in my life. He must have something that's still. And so Peter began to come to himself. And he said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to Mary's house. I'm going to go to the prayer meeting. I'm going to go knock on the door and tell him your prayers. Your prayers have made the difference. Can anybody hear them knocking? I hear some people, we're praying out. I hear them knocking on the door. I hear them beating on the door at Calvary saying, let me in. Let me in. Let me in. Stand with me. a good prayer meeting like a knock at the door oh God St. Peter just pray over it oh Lord you hear that Don't they know we're trying to pray? Sometimes we can't be interrupted with our own answer. Sin Rhoda. Sin Rhoda. Rhoda. Because Rhoda had our, Rhoda's a young girl. She was probably prayed out at this point. Right? She was probably our. Come on, you know who you are. Prayer meeting keeps going and you're like, I guess I'll start over. (laughs) You ever been so unfocused when you're praying, you pray the wrong prayer? Go to pray for the food. Now I lay me down to sleep. That was a test. Rhoda's done. Rhoda's done. Go get the door. Right? She got one sandal on. She hops down. She runs down. She runs down to the door. Who is it? Uh, it, it it's me. 
It's me. Let, let me in. Is it? Come on, hon, let me in. And she knew. the door and they're all like shh shh she's getting down we'll finish tonight (laughs) I'm gonna tell you road ain't crazy Rhoda ain't crazy. She is not crazy. She's just young enough and dumb enough and got enough faith mm -mm -mm -mm, to believe that what you've been praying for is at the door. Now, I know, I know where we're going tonight. I'm so excited. I want to preach it right now. But I'm out of time. Because you need to probably eat. But I'm going to tell you right now. If you're at the place in your life where you need to believe that what you've been praying for is standing at the door, then I need you to throw your hands towards heaven right now. Right where you're at, I need you to throw your hands towards heaven. If you think your prayers have not been in vain. Some of you feel compelled. You're like, I'm hoping he gives an altar because I need to run down there. If you need to, you just go ahead and run on down here. And you lift your hands and you tell him, I'm trusting that what I need is walking to the gate right now. Some of you, it's not for anybody else. It's just for you. It's not for anybody else. You don't care if anybody sees you. You don't care if anybody watches you. But you need to know that Peter is knocking at the door. He's knocking your miracles at the door. You need the prayer meeting to be interrupted with the sound of his hand on the gate. On the gate. It's on the gate. It's on the gate. When you come to the front of this building, I want you to pray. I want you to pray that you could come to the revelation and the understanding and the acknowledgement that your miracle. Uh.